If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And there was an inscription over his head that read, This is the king of the Jews. Let us pray.
The smell of melted wax filled my nostrils as I began to creep closer and closer toward what I imagined was the altar. It was the least church-like church I had ever been in in my life. And now, without the help of lighting, I stumbled over rickety wooden seats until I finally found myself standing in what I imagined was the front of the church. And there poised before me was the most beautiful sculpture of Jesus Christ that I have ever seen. In complete contrast with the rest of the space, this Christ was unblemished, it was beautiful, and it was brilliant. Jesus, like our standing glass here, stood elegantly looking over this empty church with one hand outstretched and a beautiful golden crown resting on his head. Christ, our King. The celebration of Christ the King Sunday is a relatively recent addition to the life of the church. We change all of the colors. It was green last week, now it's white because we're celebrating the royalty of Christ our King. Now the greater church had celebrated the knowledge and image of Christ as King for centuries, but we didn't start using it as a day in the calendar until 1925 with Pope Pius IX of the Roman Catholic Church. It took the church 1,900 years to need this day so badly that they added it to the Christian calendar. In 1925, the first time it was ever celebrated, Mussolini had been in charge of Italy for three years. A maniacal man named Adolf Hitler had been out of jail for one year, and his Nazi party was gaining steam in Germany. And the United States was on the forefront of what would become our greatest depression. In such a time, when the world seemed completely out of control, the church asserted that, nevertheless, Jesus Christ is King of all things. And to this day, it's a celebration of the life of the church. It became the church's great, nevertheless, to the godlessness of the world. Despite the rise of dictators, wars, fear and death, despite the widespread notion that religion was just something that you do in your private life, Christ the King asserted that Jesus Christ is Lord, and he will reign forever and ever. On Christ the King Sunday, the lectionary provides readings that all get at the kingliness of Jesus Christ. The Old Testament from Scripture from the prophet Jeremiah contains the prophetic word about the coming Messiah. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. And he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will be free and safe. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Jeremiah reports this word of the Lord to a people in a time of chaos. They are people who are unworthily, there are people who are unworthily leading and scattering God's sheep. But nevertheless, God will bring about a righteous branch, a king to rule all things, a king of righteousness. What do we want out of a king? Someone who will execute justice and righteousness? Someone who has our best interests at heart? Someone who will lower our taxes? Someone who will lead us victoriously into battle? The Israelites, they wanted a king just like David. They so desired someone to come in the name of the Lord in order to overthrow the powers that be and to take his seat on the appointed throne. To be crowned with glorious gems and rubies, to bring about God's kingdom on earth with power. So what kind of king do we want? 
led away to the place called the Skull with two other criminals. There, Jesus was crucified with one of the criminals on his left and the other on his right. And with the blood still wet on his hands and feet, he spoke with his father. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And a great crowd had gathered to witness this man die on the cross. And they began to cast lots for his clothing, and people stood by watching and waiting for him to go. And the leaders began to mock him. He saved others. Let him save himself if he really is the Messiah of God, the Holy One. And the soldiers present also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine. If you really are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Was that sign over his head that said, This is the king of the Jews. Now one of the criminals hung next to Christ kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and save us. But the other criminal rebuked him, saying, Are you not afraid of God? Since you are under the same punishment, and we were condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for what we did. But this man? He has done nothing wrong. And he looked over at Christ and he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, Truly, today you will be with me in paradise. That is our king. When you really get down to it, when you hear Luke's remembrance of the crucifixion, it's really straightforward and simple. It's in complete contrast with the flood of feeling-filled poetry, hymns, sermons, and images that have flowed forth ever since. Our king did not reign in glory according to the expectations of the world. Instead of a long, flowing purple robe, he was left nearly naked on a cross. Instead of a crown of rubies, diamonds, and gems, he wore a crown of thorns. And instead of a majestic throne inlaid with gold and comfort, Christ reigned from a cross. The Romans were notorious for using crucifixion as a way to take care of criminals. Because it not only warned the public about the crimes against Rome, but it also added shame, pain, and a very slow death. Yet somehow, nevertheless, instead of being hung for shame, Jesus Christ was elevated onto his throne on the cross. It's in that simple moment of hanging for all to see, hanging on a tree, Christ the King reigned magnificently over God's kingdom and demonstrated the depth of what it means to be our King. Jesus refused to test God and to heed the call of his tormentors to save himself. Three separate times he is told to save himself. And then the one criminal also adds, and us. And in his final moments, Jesus does save someone. And that the one he saved was a dying criminal fits perfectly with the greater message of God's good news in the world. Because in Jesus' dying hour, he continued to do God's will. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That is what it means to be king. As I stood in that Guatemalan church, I was confronted for the very first time about what it really means to believe that Christ is king. I was surrounded by decay, desolation, and disregard, yet Christ. Nevertheless, Christ stood before me as the king. In that moment, I saw the paradox of the crucifixion. 
that the king of God's glory was hung on a cross to die, that Christians in Guatemala can see the world slipping away from them, yet Christ is king of the universe. I thought I was bringing something in Guatemala. I thought that I was carrying God's message. I believed that I was looking for and seeking God in my own life when it was God the whole time who was looking for me, waiting to confront me in that dark and empty church. How remarkable is it that we worship a God who loves us so much that he is continually looking for us, finding us in the different moments of our lives to remind us who is really in charge. How beautiful is it that our God came in the form of flesh to be the incarnate word and to reign from a cross at a place called the skull. How perfect is it that our king does not meet the expectations of the world but instead turns the world upside down. How blessed are we that our king reigns not above us but for us, beside us, and with us. Today is the last day of the Christian calendar. It's our New Year's Eve. We have come to the conclusion of our liturgical calendar. We began with Christ's birth at a manger in a town called Bethlehem. We made our way through his life, his death, and his resurrection. We heard the stories from the Old Testament. We remember the story of God making covenant with God's people. We have witnessed the tragedies that have occurred in the world. We have lost loved ones and we have suffered in our own lives. Yet nevertheless, Jesus Christ is king over all things. Jesus Christ, fully God and fully human, brought forth a new age, a new life. He ushered in a new kingdom by water and the Spirit, reigned triumphantly from the most unexpected of places. Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus Christ, Son of God, died on a cross for the world so that we might all be reunited and reconciled with God. Jesus Christ, the Holy One, taught us about how to live and love abundantly in God's kingdom. Jesus Christ, King of the universe, was resurrected from the grave to share eternal life with all of us. Hallelujah. To God be the glory forever and ever. Christ is King. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now that we have heard the word proclaimed, we respond to God's word by affirming our faith. As you are able, please stand and respond by saying the Apostles' Creed is found. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life of the Christ. Amen. And now let us sing together hymn number 327, Crown Him with Many Crowns.